Welcome to Deliberately Developmental Organisations with Adam Coleman. Adam Coleman owns and runs one of Ireland's only DDOs. And at the time of launching his HR software company, HR Locker, Adam did not realise what a deliberately developmental organisation was. However, after having created his ideal company culture, a friend and consultant from a major firm in Ireland informed him that he had indeed created a DDO organically. Adam, who had then crafted his ideal work culture for himself, his family and employees at HR Locker, then realised what his company had become. We at HR Locker have persuaded Adam to finally document and record his lessons learned to inspire other business leaders and allow them to learn how to follow suit and build a DDO culture. Welcome to Deliberately Developmental Organisations. What are the benefits to you as the CEO once you have, you're kind of there with the DDO culture, you're, you're working in an open, transparent organisation. What are your own benefits? That, that How do you benefit as the CEO? Well, Ronan, I'm not very money orientated, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I see money as a measure of the success of the business. Um, but what I love to see is I love to see people turn around from struggling with something and then becoming really happy and really engaged. And like even your own journey, Ronan, you came into us on sales and, you know, you wanted to be the sales guy in X, Y, and Z. And through questioning and through, through discussion with myself and yourself, uh, we realized that marketing was your thing. And then when I reflected back and I saw the very first time that you applied to the organization, you applied for a marketing role. So this is using data, which is great in this day and age, and using that in conjunction with what motivates you. And if I may say so, the the change in you as a person, since you're now doing something that you love, has been miraculous. Yeah. Now, if I can manage to do that with other people and keep them happy on uh, in that they feel like they're achieving something and they're involved in something that's doing something good, uh, that's what I get my kicks out of. Brilliant. It's not about myself. Uh, I'm very happy. I have two very great kids, both of them, one of them about to come out of university and she's already got a job and the other guy, he's doing something in university that I would love to do but wouldn't be capable of doing. So, yeah, so I, you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, my legacy is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and now what I'm doing with myself is in, I'm challenge, challenging myself to move the business forward in a really good way um, and to be exemplary to, to other people. Because mm-hmm. what I want to do is I want to, I want to make enough money from HR Locker that I can actually go and help other people um, build really good organizations. Mm, wow, brilliant. And to flip that then, um, disadvantages, can you think of any? Have you experienced them? What disadvantages do you personally, um, since becoming a DDO organization, would you have experienced in terms of day-to-day work or overall? Um, I don't think there's any disadvantages, but it's not easy because what you're doing is you're trying to you're trying to engage 
the hearts and minds of the people you work with to work in a particular way that will benefit them and benefit the organization as a whole. Um, and it's not about it's not about self-interest, but it's about uh, making that person and helping that person to try to be the best they can every day, not just in work, but in general, you know? Mm -hmm. And I know you, you hear this all the time from Brene Brown and various other people, but I've lived that for the last three years and Christ, it's amazing. Yeah. It's an amazing feeling to see people turn their lives around, to see people um, turn their careers around, all be pointing the right direction. And every time you hire somebody new in, it adds another dynamic to it. And, and normally, if they haven't worked in a DDO, which is most of them, they don't believe. Like, I, I can say straight out to you, Ronan, you were very skeptical about the whole DDO thing before you started here, or <laughs> when you started here. And yeah. you're smiling at me now, and I know. Uh, yeah, true. And I, I'm going to ask that question to you. Like, what was it like as an experience from when you started here? Uh, definitely different. Um, uh, I could tell something was positive because everybody in the room was engaging. Uh, but I was, I did find it difficult to take on board certain things that were that were being said, um, you know, and it was ego based stuff that I was struggling with. I had come from a background that was very much shirt and tie and nine to five and bringing your vulnerabilities to work wasn't so much a thing. Uh, or if your kid was sick and crash and you had to go pick them up, that wasn't a thing that you would say to work. You'd almost try to hide it and kind of try to get it done at the time. But uh, there, after a little while, I kind of had relaxed. I felt a release that I could be a human being in the business as well. I didn't just hang up my personal life at the door at 9 a.m. and come to work and have a work persona. My I didn't have a work persona anymore. It was it was just me. And I wasn't afraid to, to say if I needed to go somewhere for some particular reason as well. But yeah, I was absolutely skeptical at the start. And, and, I, and I questioned uh, I questioned how long. Oh, God, like, what is this? I don't know what this is. This is foreign to me. Um, how long am I going to stay here? Am I going to log on to LinkedIn tonight and, and head head back into the black and white uh, world of other organizations? Uh, but no, because and it was because everyone else in the organization was taking part in the sessions that we were doing and organizing. I was like, why are these people so so engaged in this? And it was because they felt a, a purpose um, and they were tied into the business. And then that purpose started to infect me. And like... <laughs> Technically, yeah, there's such thing as working hours, but really like uh, life and work uh, uh, just kind of synergizes. You know, if you need to leave work for a couple hours, that's fine. You make it up. And if there's something really important going on, for example, if we're releasing a webinar tomorrow or something, we are talking to each other and we're happy to be talking to each other at whatever time it takes to get the job done. You know, so it's uh, I haven't worked anywhere like this before and I've been to multiple companies um, and it has all been the same kind of rhetoric. Um, Rhetoric, exactly. So. It's it's um, and you see, I think what really, what really pushed it for me was um, the reason I I live where I live, which is on the west coast of Ireland, uh, uh, close to a surf beach and a golf course. I don't golf, I and I surf very badly, um, uh, but I really enjoy it when it's not freezing. 
Um, and I wanted to bring up my kids down here because I wanted to give them a life that was pretty cool um, and where they could really, really become well-adjusted people. And, um, and then uh, I suppose before people understood anything about remote working, including myself, although I was doing it, uh, I tried to build an organization that was local to this, which is really difficult and really hard. And with the concept of remote working around 2014 and 15 really, really grabbing me, then I realized that, you know, we can do this remote, but there's another educational needed there. And prior, prior to the pandemic, we were becoming more remote all the time. And, and now we're, uh, you know, within one week of the pandemic, we were uh, completely remote. And we were, mm -hmm. what's the term they use? We are dual um, working. Yeah, no, we well, we do dual working, but but we're we're a completely co co completely dispersed workforce. Dispersed workforce. That's, yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's the term. Yeah, yeah. I felt as though when we did go remote for the pandemic, it we had to think outside the box, the con the concrete box that is the office, mm. and we had X amount of seats in the business. Yes. But since that that has been removed completely we now have more people than we have seats in the current location yeah so i think i think it has a, it has knocked down not a barrier maybe a mental barrier who knows uh, but it has allowed us to to have unlimited seats because they're all you know in the cloud or we're all in our own seats at home you know so i, I think it really knocked that down and enabled growth um, yes. growth mindset mindset yeah. more so than Completely. actual growth and and on top of that it's the importance of where the person is working what desk they're using are they comfortable? And asking all those questions. But now, now we're going down into more, you know, how you manage dispersed teams and whatever, and and how you onboard them and stuff, which is which is a very important aspect as well. But in terms of the whole DDO stuff and deliberate deliberately development organization, any adult doesn't want to be spending two hours a day commuting. Any adult wants to interact with their colleagues as much as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. But most adults, particularly as they get a little bit older, and I say older once they have children and whatever, um, want to spend more time at home. Yeah. But it's up to them to get into the mindset of being able to, to have a work-life blend. And I say that rather than work-life balance. Um, um, because work-life balance seems that it's unbalanced, that work or life is unbalanced at any one moment in time. But if you get it right and you have a really good, nice place to work, uh, a nice space, you contract with your family, you contract with your pets of who can come in and out of the room at any moment in time, um, and you contract with your company to say, I want to work remotely, but you know what? I also want to meet my colleagues. So it's been very, very difficult. And, and when this pandemic lifts, we won't go back to um, the office. Uh, we will still be 100% dispersed, but we will have get togethers quarterly or half yearly or whatever that, that, that is required to ensure that that whole team morale is kept, is kept going. You mm -hmm. know? Do, do, do you think that being a DDO before that point occurred where we all had to go remote, benefited us more than a company that wasn't a DDO at the time because we 
Oh, 100%. Like if you think about it, it's about bringing the mindset to work. It's about bringing the, the one individual to work. It's about providing a safe place to fail. I think we were well on that way. Uh, and uh, at that stage, I wouldn't say we were nine, we were we were 100 percent there. Even now, I'd say as every time we add somebody new to the organization, we slip back. We might be at 80 percent qualified DDO now and you add four more people as they're starting in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. We're going to drop back to 60 percent until we get them up to 80 uh, percent. But it's easier because that 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 ball is rolling already. Mm-hmm. Moss can't stick to it. It's just constantly moving. So and people will see it. And like when you did, Ronan, you, you joined the organization at a time where we were probably 60 percent there. And then we got to 80 percent there. And then we slipped back because we added more people and we will keep going on. But it, it, it is something that you have to keep working at. You don't just get that badge and stick it on the wall or exactly like the principles, you know, with companies and they do their vision, their mission and their their values and, and their principles, whatever. And they go up on a wall and everyone's really proud of them for five minutes and nobody reads them again. Well, mm-hmm. our principles are in our business. We use them every day. We talk about them every day. You know, we, we bring them into conversation. Uh, so they're not on the wall. They're in our heads, which is really important. Um, from a CEO's point of view, uh, well, not only from a CEO's point of view, from a staff member as well, because there's always, you know, there's always um, yeah. both sides of it. What does it mean for a company to be radically transparent on the day-to-day? Radically transparent basically means that you are ridiculously open in what you say and what you do. Um, I'm not saying that you you become vulgar in any way, but it's you're certainly challenging people's views, like, you know, where, you know, it's radically transparent is that, oh, my God, I've got a sick child at home. I have to tend to. I'm sorry, guys. Good luck. Bye bye. And you're mm-hmm. gone. Right. Because nothing is more important than family mm-hmm. um, and stuff like I'm not going to hit that deadline. Hands up. I need help. I'm not going to hit that deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that you basically wear your capability on your sleeve and you wear your vulnerability on your other sleeve and people can see both because it's only when an organization or your colleagues can see what you're not good at or what you're struggling at it's only then they can help you mm-hmm. and it's only then the organization can help you obviously then if you're if people in your business are doing that and they're holding their hands up and they're getting help from each other that obviously re- it would a relieve some work for you, I guess, in order to always be identifying problems or deadlines being missed, or maybe it's too late. But obviously, if people, they kind of build their own little ecosystem underneath that the the whole team helps each other. You don't have to come to the aid of everyone all day long. If you're openly transparent, you don't miss deadlines. Mm -hmm. You adjust them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you set out openly and honestly, and you say, I'm going to get this piece of work done with these number of people by this particular date. Mm-hmm. If you're openly transparent within that team and within that organization, you don't miss the deadline. You move the deadline and everybody's comfortable to move the deadline. Yeah. This concept of missed deadlines is failure. And, and if you want to have an open, transparent organization in the DDO way, you have to create a safe place to fail. Yeah. And what a safe place to fail is, 
everybody goes out to do their best. Everybody goes out and says, okay, we're going to get this project done by this particular date. Everybody buys into it. And they, and, but sometimes things happen that you just can't preempt. Yeah. And you have to make the call to move the deadline. And by moving the deadline, you're not failing. You're just saying, we're not going to get there in this time frame. So let's be realistic here, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to somebody going home worrying every night, oh my God, I'm not going to hit my deadline. I'm not going to hit my deadline. I'm not going to hit my deadline. And then all of a sudden they, they stop sharing stuff and they get internalized it and, and, and then they don't know anything about it. And then they don't hit their deadline, but they haven't told anybody. And then it becomes a big issue. Yeah. So you can only deal with stuff that you're aware of. Um, and I think that's the beauty of open transparency. Mm -hmm. And if you have people on the team, if, if you're someone listening now and you have people on the team that don't really know how to react to open transparency just yet, they're not radically transparent. How do you get them there? What, what would your top tip be for somebody out there who has somebody who's quite closed off currently? Is it just keep hammering? The culture will take over or are there steps that you take you have to get to them there? Get, you have to basically get them to understand themselves first. So the easiest way to do that is use psychometric evaluation and you can use Insights Discovery, you can use 16PF, you can use Thomas International, Myers-Briggs, DISC, doesn't matter, right? They all do something similar, right? Yeah. Um, and you get them to understand themselves first. That's the beginning of it. Understand yourself first. I just want to bring things back to the adult development side of, side of things just very quickly, if you don't mind. What issues do you think arise in a business when when you don't concentrate on adult development, what what are the pitfalls you're going to experience? Um, where do I start? Uh, probably most of the problems that most organizations have. Uh, difficult to uh, attract staff, attracting the wrong members of staff for the wrong reasons, overpaying for skill sets, staff turnover, I think that's probably enough, isn't it? Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> as a development, as a deliberately developmental leader, how would you describe what a DDO leader is? Um, their job is to facilitate the success of the company based on facilitating the people within the organization being the best they can. Mm -hmm. And if you're a traditional organization, you're, you're a leader in the organization, why should you be a DDO leader? Because it's massively personally fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And if it, if it actually fulfills an individual, and I'm not talking about financially, I'm talking about just as a person, as a whole, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. Every week I reflect on the previous week and I look at very much in the here and now and everyone knows the power of now but you also plan for the future and I can see the lives of the people I work with get better weekly I see my own mental health get better weekly and I just think we're doing something that's that's really good and and other people should try.